Well, on this edition of MSU Today, urology is the topic. And we'll do that with two DOs from the MSU Healthcare Urology Clinic. That would be Todd moyer Braylene and Iria Katawoda. It's great to have you both on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Can I start by telling us what is urology? Well, I can start. Um, so urology is a subspecialty. It's actually a surgical subspecialty that really focuses on the genital urinary systems and disorders of the genital urinary system. So big words, but essentially how you pee, how your kidneys work, your bladder, prostate in men, some urethral and vaginal disorders in women. And there's a, a variety of subspecialties even within the surgical specialty, of which one of them is what Dr. Moyer Berlin does. My subspecialty is urogynecology, <clears throat> and it's a, a blend of both urology and gynecology. Matter of fact, that's where I got its start. The two boards got together and said, we want to make an area, uh, a discipline that just focuses on female pelvic floor disorders. So in addition to problems with the bladder and the urethra, like Dr. Katawoda talked about, we also deal mostly with pelvic floor issues, which is prolapse, uterine prolapse, bladder prolapse, that kind of thing. And I, you started to answer it, Todd, but tell me, each of you, where you specialize in urology. So I'm a general adult urologist, so I see men and women. And, you know, general urology is kind of all the, the bread and butter thing. So kidney stones are a big part of it. Uh, urinary disorders or what we call voiding dysfunction is a part of it. Incontinence in women or leakage of urine is a big part of it. So you know, from, a, from a urology standpoint, I do kind of the general day-to-day -day urology. And talk a little bit about the practice philosophy you have. Well, I actually add a, an extra dimension to the urology clinic and focusing mostly on women and expand more into pelvic floor issues, problems with prolapse and, um, and, and actual bowel problems as well. So it's more of an expanding uh, nature that actually um, helps uh, urology and, and dealing with those certain disorders of, that are specific to the urogenital system. Urology, at least in, in layman's terms, when people hear it, they think, you know, men's health, men's issues. So it's very nice to have someone that's very female-focused. I think it brings a, a certain element to our practice that, that you don't always think about when you hear the word urology. Um, in terms of, you know, practice philosophy, I think for me, it's, it's really about providing something to the community that many may not even realize is, is available. So urology is, is a, you know, a pretty personal uh, <laughs> subspecialty, I guess. You're dealing with a lot of things that people, women, men, everyone, um, is, is not always very forthcoming about. So, you know, obviously as MSU Urology, we're here to provide excellent care to the community, provide urologic care that's at the top of the techno technological forefront. But for me personally, it's just about building relationships with people and helping people open up about something that's quite personal that they may be embarrassed to, to talk about otherwise. And we have an office that really is designed that way. So we, we've, it's a safe place to bring your concerns to the table. And that's what we do. That's what we specialize in. So we've sort of touched on it, but who should seek you out? I mean, what symptoms would someone experience that would lead them to seek out a urologist? So I'll talk about just the general urology side of things since that's what I see, and I'll leave the, the more, you know, female stuff to, for Dr. Moyer Brilliant to talk about. But um, in general, men or women that have urinary issues, 
um, that's kind of the, the basic, basic, I guess, uh, patient that we see is, you know, are you, are you peeing too much? Are you peeing not enough? Are you leaking when you shouldn't be? Are you not able to empty when you should be? Um, on top of that, any, anyone that sees you know, blood in the urine, anyone with history of kidney stones, think they have kidney stones, think that they have infections more frequently than they should. And then, of course, things that they may not be able to know, but that their primary doctor would figure out, like, is there a growth somewhere in one of the genitourinary organs, the kidneys, the bladder, the, the penis, the urethra? I, I guess that, that'd, be the, that'd be the main brunt of, of the patients that we see. Yes. And Todd, your specialty? And, and obviously, I don't treat men, um, being gynecologic. Uh, or training. My training was based in uh, obstetrics and gynecology and branched out into urogynecology. But we also do similar uh, treatments with women, especially women with uh, overactive bladder. That's probably one of the biggest things we see. And um, one of the areas that women tend not to want to come in to see the doctor about or embarrassed to talk about. Um, but it is so common. You know, up to 80% of women by the age 80 have got this overactive bladder. They just feel like they have to go all the time, all the time. And, if, and a lot of times their friends are telling them that there's just nothing you can do about it when that's wrong. There, there are plenty of things that can be done that can actually help uh, alleviate some of those symptoms. Where I differ from my urologic uh, counterparts is I deal a lot more with pelvic floor problems, uh, mostly the prolapse issues. Um, some would say it's a result of having child or child of childbirth uh, with the damage to the tissues inside the pelvis that creates things like uterine prolapse and uh, pelvic pressure. And most women are afraid to actually come in and have that treated, figuring that surgery is the only thing that can be done, uh, when that's not accurate either. That's one of the big myths in this field. And there are things you can do that actually help alleviate those symptoms. I'm talking with MSU healthcare urologist Todd Moyer-Braylene and Aria Katawoda on MSU Today. Tell me a little bit more about how you treat urologic disease then, or are there a plethora of ways depending on what the, the illness is? So urology is unique in that while it's a, sub, a surgical subspecialty, we actually do a lot of non-surgical treatments. And I'd say pretty much for the majority of the benign disorders, so obviously not cancer, but non-cancerous disorders that we see patients for, the first step is is very basic and it's usually behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. So in terms of treatments, we can do, you know, just changes to our day-to-day -day looking at our environment. There's medications obviously, and then typically the last step tends to be surgery. Um, there's surgical treatments for, I would say, almost every disorder that a patient might come to see us for. But we tend to start very basic and then move up from there. So most illnesses can be treated then. And and even if they, you know, even if ultimately you end up requiring surgery, we we'd start with with just changing things about yeah. you, about your day-to-day. -day. And yeah, I would say that the majority of of illnesses can be treated with either one or a combination of the of the uh, types of treatments that we have. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the surgical specialties sometimes get the bias that you're just that's all you really want to do is is surgery when really the majority of the time we're not doing surgery. We're actually treating the person first and finding out what exactly they need, what are their goals. We actually figure that out at the very first visit where they are in their care and what they want. And so we move on in that app. We give them the options and let them choose. Are there particular challenges in treating urologic diseases? For me, I would say there's a um, patients sometimes come into it with an expectation 
that we can't always meet. <laughs> so let's say, you know, you have someone that has had a problem for 20 years and they, you know, finally have the ability to come and see a urologist. We do get some patients that expect immediate and 100% change. It's almost impossible to take a problem that's been there for 20 years and fix it in 20 minutes. But the nice thing is you don't see a urologist once and, and you know, are done for the rest of your life. It's a, it's a lifelong relationship usually with your urologist. And, and there really is a, a certain trial and error that comes with a lot of the benign urology issues where you try something and if it doesn't work, then we reevaluate you in the clinic and then we try something else and ultimately, you know, look for a goal that improves your quality of life. You may never be how you were when you were 18 or 20, but we can certainly get you to a point that you're more comfortable and you're, you're happier with your symptoms than you were when you came in. Yeah, we're basically you're treating on a bother most type of a mm -hmm. system where you, we go after what bothers you the most and try to help you in that respect. Some things we can't cure, and we're, we are trying, and we are, we, the research is always coming out. We're talking about new things at all times, but um, that's really where our challenge is, is some of our disorders are not curable, but they are certainly treatable and we've got a lot of treatments to offer. Well, you led me into my next question beautifully, Todd. I was going to ask, is there some exciting research or treatments either coming in now or on the horizon that have you excited about treating urologic disease? I, th I feel like there's always something new, and, and that's, you know, we, we really are living in an exciting time of medicine where there there is always something new, and, and from from a general urology standpoint, looking for cancers with looking for um, uh, especially prostate cancer in men, we have really changed the game. First, it used to just be a doctor feels your prostate, and if there's something abnormal, then we do a biopsy. Then it was PSA, a lab test. Now we've gotten to a point where we can do MRIs of the prostate and really pinpoint specific areas that need to be biopsied. Even since I graduated residency in 2018, this is a huge shift in how we look at men and men's health and prostate cancer. Um, so yeah, there's seems like there's always something new every day, and we're, it's, it's a very exciting time to be a urologist. The marvels of modern medicine, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, again, my, my specific focus is pelvic floor disorders, and it's basically weakened tissue in the, in the female pelvis. There's a lot of work being done now in stem cell research, mm -hmm. trying to figure out ways to actually improve the tissue quality. If we could actually improve tissue, then we would have a better chance at successfully fixing it or maybe preventing it altogether. So let me ask, is uh, urologic disease hereditary, environmental, a combination? Can we avoid some or all of it with a healthier life? Definitely a combination. So there are some things that genetics can be blamed for. Um, kidney stones are one of those. But at the same time, if you have a, a genetic predilection, but you also don't drink any water, your risk is way higher than if you're someone that is well hydrated. Um, so a, a big, big, big combination is, is genetics. But another big, big, big combination is your environmental factors and the, the decisions you make about your health. Yeah, we go back and forth about that in, in, the, in the research world as far as the pelvic floor and whether or not that's something that's hereditary yeah. or not. Um, so the, we're still looking at the answers in that respect. But environment, definitely. Um, you know, smoking and, and occupations that are very strenuous, 
um, are much more likely to have these these different disorders. So, yes, you can make a difference by uh, by changing your health and lifestyles. Are there some facts about urology you'd like to reinforce, or some myths you often hear that you'd like to allay, if that's the proper word, or clear up? Yeah, I got I have one that really gets my goat. It's anyone. <laughs> that has had a kidney stone that passed it on their own and didn't see a urologist, they always come in and they say, well, I have not, I, I have not had any calcium. I don't drink any milk. I gave up all dairy. But, you know, that is just, that is not what to do. <laughs> it's typically not calcium that's the problem. It's other things in your diet. I mentioned a lack of, of hydration, so it's usually not drinking enough water. Or it's it's other food components. There are things called oxalates that are found in a variety of foods, um, even foods we think are healthy that can contribute to stone formation. So the first thing I tell my patients, especially postmenopausal women that seem to get stones, they I say, Make sure you get the amount of calcium that you need to get, just the, the normal dietary recommendations, because otherwise you're going to start having trouble with osteoporosis. And you know what? It's probably not going to make your stone risk any better. So that that is something that I think you know people don't have a great understanding of because you think of stones and everyone thinks, my stones are made of calcium, so I'm going to cut out all calcium. But that's that's usually not what you need to do to make your situation better. Interesting. Todd? I think the biggest myth in my field is more that um, surgery is the only possible mm-hmm. option, and that's not that's not true. As a matter of fact, we probably do non-surgical therapy for um, eight out of every nine mm. patients that come through with some type of a pelvic floor disorder to give them adequate relief. Um, it, it, one in five women, actually, in their lifetime will end up having surgery or some type of a treatment for either urinary incontinence or prolapse of some sort. So that's 20%. Very high number. Well, we've been talking about urology on this edition of MSU Today with uh, two DOs from the MSU Healthcare Urology Clinic, Todd Moyer-Braylene and Aria Katawoda. And let me just ask you each to kind of summarize what you'd like those joining in on our conversation to take away about urology and your practice. I think the first thing is just knowing that there there is a urology practice available here at MSU. It's not, even as a medical student, I hadn't heard of urology until the third year of medical school. So that's that's a little bit crazy when you, when you think <laughs> about it. So for just the general population to even know what a urologist is, if a medical student didn't know what it was, I think it'd be, it'd be pretty surprising. So, hey, we're here. Bladder problems, prostate problems, pelvic floor problems, kidney stones, we're here to help. Let your primary care doctor know and they can get you referred here. And if I could just do another plug for anyone that is in med school listening, um, I, you know, I, I take a, a lot of pride in being a female urologist. I think now we're, we are seeing more women in urology, but it, when I was going through med school, it was, it was you know, pretty, pretty lacking. So for anyone interested, females, males, whoever, um, we, we do have students come and shadow us. So if you're interested, reach out and we would be more than happy to give you a little glimpse into our day to day. Yeah, come on. I mean, men have been in gynecology forever, so right. why not? I mean, it's, it should be a blend. We should. You don't want to have one side being heavier than the other. You want to have a nice blend, just like everything else. So, and I think that uh, you know, to sum up things, it's, it, if you're concerned, if you've got a problem with bladder, you've got a problem with with your uh, bowels, 
you know, seek out your family doctor and talk to them. They, they, if they're not comfortable taking care of you, MSU Urology is here. We can definitely uh, take them on, and we can. That's what we do. We do it day in and day out. It's uh, pretty straightforward for us, and we'll we do everything we can to make the patients comfortable. Well, thank you both for sharing your expertise with us today uh, on MSU today. Thank you. Thanks, Russ. That's Dr. Aria Katawoda and Dr. Todd Moyer-Brayleen from the MSU Healthcare Urology Clinic and much more online at healthcare.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.